welcome to the official Leverage Redemption After Show, a very distinctive podcast here on Electric Now. I am Yael Teagle. I'm joined as always by Felicia Michelle. Hey, Yael. How are you doing? I'm so excited. For this episode? This episode. Okay. <laughs> we have the one, the only, our Mr. Wilson. Noah Wiley will be joining us for this episode. Uh, we also have more from our interview with Beth Reesgraff, more from Dean Devlin, more of everything as we do here. Uh, if you have not watched this episode, this is your spoiler warning. Also, why have you watched all the episodes? Where have you been? What have you been doing? There's nothing to do. Watch I, this. Watch this. And show. rewatch them. Yeah. Watch them along with us as we go. Um, this is season one, episode seven. The double-edged sword job. And here is your quick cap for episode seven. The team takes on a brilliant software developer who is selling a groundbreaking facial recognition system that threatens everyone's privacy except his own. Yeah, this episode is, I would say, the scariest episode of the season. I 1000% agree with that. I was like watching it like, wait, is this a thing that can happen to me? (laughs) Yeah. I honestly, uh, I think every time I watch this episode, I get terrified. It's, it's, it's not, it's okay. So most of our villains are just like cringy people. Right. Right. That that can like isolate one group or one targeted group. This person. Oh, everyone. Everyone. Yeah. Um, So we start our story in Oklahoma City with Libby. Um, So Leverage uh, relocated her to get her away from her abusive ex. I like that we have this, you know, little tidbit of what they've been doing in these years because we've seen like, you know, Hardison is helping off in, uh, you know, international countries. Yeah. And we have this story that is uh, so close to home and so relatable. um, And it shows you that our team in these years has been doing so much. So I like that that's where we start this episode. And even that they've expanded outside of just helping people who are dealing with scammers or cons. Like, this is a very realistic, very mm-hmm. common, unfortunately, situation uh, with domestic violence. So, Yeah, I absolutely I agree. So we find out that Hardison has this algorithm that wipes people from uh, the Internet, which makes complete sense Perfect because sense. we have been... We have been wondering for years how it is that our team, you know, has stayed under the radar, essentially, especially if you look back at the original series. uh, You know, we had the episode where um, Elliot becomes a baseball player and he becomes famous or the, the episode where he becomes a singer and he becomes famous. And yet after that, we wipe him from the Internet and people can't find him again. No longer exists. So it makes sense that Hardison has this magical algorithm that can wipe them. And yet this new algorithm, um, which we soon find out is from our friend, not so good friend, Joseph Chang, um, is that it can find you in the background. Well, the blurriest a blurry photo ever in, in a stadium full of people. Just your nose. It will know that it's you. It's the predictiveness of the software that kind of throws me off, too, because yeah. it's like it not only is it going to. Like identify you, but now it will predict what you are going to do. Yeah. Scary. So to find this uh, algorithm, to find Joseph Chang, we we put Elliot out there as bait. Uh, I 100% love this scene. Because uh, he's like, anytime you guys want to come and get me now, <laughs> you can. Um, but there, I mean, I love this scene, but it's also like, 
where he gets a little like love interest yes. going on and we don't really get to see a lot of that oh, with yes. Ellie you know uh, Parker and Hardison are our lovers our residential couple you know and you know it's Sophie and Nate but you know Nate's no longer with us so um, it was nice to see him yeah it was like kind of hot a little bit oh, you know a just little. a little bit girl it was very hot <laughs> um, yes so we have U.S. Marshal uh, Maria Ship. I love this pairing um, especially because in the original series Elliot was kind of like a, a a player he you know had a different girl every episode uh, it was never they never stuck around so it was really nice to see him it looks like you know have that zing like a like that chemistry mm-hmm. with someone too I think it's, it was like love at first clothesline when she clotheslined yes. them like it was over and then even her reaction to him they both knew that they were something outside of what they are just now seeing yeah um but it's I, I love that she just kept her professionalism she's like i don't know what it is about you i'm gonna figure out what this is um how are you all of a sudden not gone yeah and out of the system i i love everything about this couple um and i ship it so hard <laughs> It it makes okay. Let's go down the rabbit hole. It makes sense. Yes, because of what she has. So now you know we have Harry as part of the team. So he kind of gives us the legal mindset that comes along with it. And she's law enforcement. So mm-hmm. I would love to see her like come back and like do a little thing. I don't really know how they could work together again, but it just it makes sense. It makes so much sense that you know jumping ahead when he's being held uh, for questioning, she says something about you is very distinctive. <laughs> and I oh, was okay. like, that's it. That's the moment. She said his word. She, she said, said his word. <laughs> she said his word, yeah. Not just that. Later on in the episode, again, jumping way to the end, uh, when he's still texting with her, uh, Sophie says, you know, my life changed when the right person arrested me. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I was kind of stuck on Harry going, he's texting you? Why? She's normal. Like, what do you, why is she texting you? She seems totally normal. Yeah. I love this couple and I, I am predicting, You're I'm here putting for it, it out there. I'm here for it. I want this. It I would be it. really transformative for Elliot because obviously, you know, he, we, he talks about how his redemption is earned every single day. Um, but I do think he deserves a little light and love in his life because mm-hmm. he does give so much he has tried and even if you're not a perfect person everyone's deserving of of love you know having love or not having love is makes the biggest difference in someone's life um so i, I would love to see him fall in love i he battle the hair flips and the <laughs> just saying i totally agree <laughs> Um, so let's talk about Brianna's investment in this case, um, because Searchlight, this technology, um, not only can ID your face, uh, you know, the fuzziest of pictures in a crowd from just half your face, but it's, as you said, it's predictive. Um, and when Elliot is caught, it is predicting that the next thing he's going to do is rob a bank, which is interesting um, because it, that means it takes into account the like... Um, information that it has because she put him in for grand theft. Yeah. Uh, whereas it luckily didn't find him on anything else or find other pictures that Hardison. Little do you know, it, the more the most predictive uh, would be assault. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Very. I'm actually, much not so. robbing a bank. It would be assault. But <laughs> like, we get it. Um, yes. Um, and so what they need to do is they need to hack the servers and find the root code. Uh, so Brianna is very invested in this case because. As Elliot says, when the first time someone tries to kill you, 
it lights a fire. Yeah, she was like, like she's she been at for six hours. Like, yeah, because someone tried to kill. That was a very, very uh, interesting scene of her getting lots in there. I'm not going to give too much away because you know we talked with Noah and he gave us some really great insights yes. to that scene, which is really hilarious. But, um. When it read her face Mm -hmm. and he saw her and, you know, he saw her like messing with it. And she said out loud, like she literally understood the assignment too well and said it all out loud. And he knew that she knew, had her face and now she needs to die. And I kept thinking of that line in Ghost. Have you ever seen that movie Ghost with Whoopi Goldberg? And I was like, you in danger, girl. Like you are in danger. Like you need to get out. As soon as she saw that, like recognized her face, her eyes were so big. And um, that that was, yeah, she's like, oh, crap. Yeah. Like, oh, crap. And then all of a sudden just, and it was interesting. I love how the team came together and was like, nah, we got to we gotta get you out. Yeah, now. I think what I really enjoy about that scene is um, she's like going in without backup. Yeah. And then someone has to help her get out. Yeah. And the only person available is Harry. With with the minimal physical physicality skills. Right. Um, I do need to ask you a question, though. Yes. Do you have a taser? Because obviously it's the most obvious thing you should have. Of course you should have a taser. I'm going to be really honest. I'm so disappointed in myself that I do not have a taser right now. I thought to myself, I was like, oh, you know, I guess, yeah. I I guess, guess you should. We oh, should all have she's like, what do you mean you don't have a taser? <laughs> Brianna is not only uh, super invested because she was they were going to kill her, Tried but also she says uh, that she's trying to stop some super villain level coder who kicked off the privacy apocalypse. And I think that's the part that scares me the most as as a person on the Internet who has pictures on the Internet. You know, later on, she says with your family, with with my family, she says, you know, this kind of thing is going to uh, make you live the Mm. worst, the worst day of your life. You are now that person forever. Mm. And I think that's so interesting. Um, And she says, you know, she tried to go after a company for testing out facial recognition. And that's how the FBI got called on her. And I love the moment where everyone was like, what? And she goes, I showed up looking for you in Panama. No one asked why. No one did ask why. Like, no, everyone's like, oh, hey. Like, well, it was like, it's like, well, the FBI came by the house, right. you know, and it wasn't for me. So what's going on? Yeah. Hard as it was like, I'm going to call Nana and find out. I think there's another layer to this, too, with Brianna, because she obviously has... Um, such a deep respect for Hardison and what he's capable of doing in the mm-hmm. in the tech hacker realm. And so for someone to come along and you're better than my big brother, like that just that concept and you're like, yeah. wait a minute, you're you're better than the best person that I know. Like how is this possible? And how am I supposed to beat you if you're be- you're you're better than the person who taught me? Like how she's like, how did he do that? How was he able to like her she was in disbelief the whole time basically that like someone could hack better develop better right. than than hardison i was in disbelief too do you think he is better or do you think he applied his skills to something else oh like how some people you think wow if you weren't a criminal you could actually be really great at something right. else because the way your mind exactly. works yeah i could see that because hardison's right he didn't beat hardison He did something else. He built something else. It wasn't that he saw what Hardison did and was like, oh, I need to fix this or beat it. In fact, in the end, Brianna beat him. So it's not that he was one of my favorite moments in the in the in this first this front eight. 
Yeah. Like probably one of my favorite moments. The, the t- picture, take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of was very um, reminiscent of like when a kid does something. You're like the first time you go to school, the first time you do something. I'm like, hold on, wait, wait, wait let's capture the moment. Take a picture. Like, hey. And I'm like, think like, well, where's the picture going? Like, it's going on her Instagram. <laughs> it's going to be used by Searchlight. Um, that was, but what you said was really true. It was really, really scary because there is a big conversation around privacy mm-hmm. on the internet and what what images belong to you and do you not belong? Do you put your kids' pictures on the internet? How do right. you do all that? Um, I love this episode. Really, um, opened up that conversation because if if I feel like if our writers can imagine it, mm-hmm. someone can do it. Yeah, or someone already did. Even scarier. Um, so we find yeah. out that that this technology is there. Joseph Chang and his uh, business partner, Buddy Hardwick, are meeting up with R.I.Z. If you recall, A, I called it that they'd be back. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you did. You did. Um, and B, Elliot also remembers them. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was their, their, their trial by fire. Right. So, uh, yeah, of course he does. He was very uh, singed into his brain. Here. Yeah. He can't flip that one out, you know? <laughs> Um, so because we're trying to make this or they're trying to make this deal with Riz or with R.I.Z. <laughs> I want to call it Riz. Um, these, they try to find a social interactions consultant for. Is that a thing? Those, is that a thing? So I went looking for it. OK, I knew you would. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I was like, yeah, I was going to look that up. Is that a thing? I couldn't look. Those are three very difficult words to find together. Okay, so like yeah. I could not confirm or deny if it is a thing. Well, there are, I mean, obviously people do get help for social disorders or things that they need help with. Or yeah. like, you know, there are, and I, I think like a la Hitch or something like there has sure. been people out here that are consultants of some sort that help people, especially in business, because you have to present in business. And that was his like issue. Presentation consultants. Yeah, but they have to tell you like, hey, you're kind of being weird and no one's going to like really r- right. respond to that. So I assume it's a thing. He was... Our, our 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 villain was really unhinged in the worst way yeah like it was like most it's like most of the people that we come in contact with in leverage they think that they're smart right so right. that's that's common but most of them play it cool because they're so confident he had the intelligence but he had none of the confidence it's it's interesting because i want to understand what led us to this, right? We understand that he made, uh, was a uh, game designer with Dozer Duel. Uh, he had anxiety, so we left the game, and he wanted to, you know, make it in tech. What, what happened? Like, I want to know what happened because it feels like there was some sort of event that led him to be this. It way. seems like he's really out of touch with the real world, yeah. in a sense. I mean, he has a virtual assistant, and all I could kind of think of is, uh, sorry to keep referencing other shows, but, like, the the Jetsons, like, w- like, who, you know, it was just, it's very weird that you, the most comfortable thing, the, the thing you're most comfortable with and knows you best is a computer algorithm. Mm-hmm. A computer algorithm knows your, oh, your heart rate, and your, it seems like you're distressed. They said, right. some coffee. Do you want to, like, it's just like, uh, and that smart house, that was the smartest smart house I've ever seen. But luckily, uh, as we find out, this smart house it's kind of dumb. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, too smart. It's too smart. Yeah. So Sophie and Parker trick uh, Joseph Chang into being someone else. 
They give him uh, eye- beta blockers, beta blockers, and histamine drops in his eyes to mess with the house so that he feels like it's on the fritz. Um, and then he realizes that they're in it together. He's like, oh, they're in cahoots together. Yeah. Security came a little too quickly. Um, I will say the idea of a smart house terrifies me, but also um, we should be very nice to all our computers uh, because one day when they take over, we need to make sure they know that we are good and not kill us. Girl, don't say that because like, I'm <laughs> low-key. Like, this this episode was like kind of like it, it, it got your wheels turning about like how fast far can this technology thing go how can because then I, I thought to myself and just my little rabbit hole i went down y'all don't have to go down it <laughs> with me but i was like okay well what about like when people come to your house or your children are sick like will this technology be like hey their heart rate is this their temperature is this right. and, then, and if you're like for all intents and purposes you're like okay that's not that bad but we are like, oh, it kind of knows everything mm-hmm. about me. Yeah. I mean, when Parker goes in the bathroom, she's like, you're not in here, are you? The- <laughs> and, you know, she's not really into like like sh- her whole thing is like being covert. She yeah. feels most comfortable moving secretly and as nobody. Mm-hmm. And you're ch- in this this house is actively trying to identify them. It was just a touch of, imagine just putting your hand down on something that goes unidentified print. Whoa. Right. (laughs) The takeaway from today's episode is to say thank you to Siri and Alexa. (laughs) Be nice. Um, They're listening. Now don't say Siri's name. What if she just started talking right now? Then we'd be (laughs) shook. We'd be absolutely shook. Um, not, but not as shook as, uh, as, as, as Chang was. He, um, really lost it. It was all these tiny things. And I really would love his back, story too as right. to why he like the coffee is off my um mm. one of my favorite moments is harry acting like this is under new management yes. you have to have a seat there's a reservation you're late to your meeting um you got the wrong coffee like any little thing that went wrong like sent him mm-hmm. off on the edge and i needed to know i need to know why that was right i he seemed very on edge and yes he had anxiety but i feel like there's more to it you know <sighs> I feel like there's well when else. you create a house that either can lock you in or lock other people out right. or, or lock them in whatever yeah. it should tell you that something is. I, mean, I wonder what the motivation for the technology is and the fact that you block yourself out is telling that you know what it can do. Right, a hundred percent. I think that's so interesting. So the way that they resolve this case once they have tricked the house or tricked the house into. You know, thinking he's not himself, he gets out. He locks them in, um, and that's so when like he's the intruder. House, yeah. yeah. That's when they, you know, have to be him. And I love the way that Parker has to embody him, and Sophie's like he's got this chip on his shoulder that you know weighs him down, that that makes him hunch over. And that's one of the like really beautiful things about what it is that Sophie does is that she can read a person instantly, instantly. Your body language says so much about you. It really does, though. And his is always uncomfortable, unsure, on the edge. Even when we first see him, it's so funny when he bumps into Ellie. And Ellie's like, I don't know. I can't recognize him. I just bumped him to her three seconds. Okay, bottom left, third. Right. I'm like. Uh, I love that <laughs> moment. I'm like, that was fairly easy for you. Okay. Yeah. It tells you, you know, our team, they've all got these amazing skills, and that's one of his skill sets. And also, too, I think it was a moment where you're like, Elliot's not just fist and hair flips. He's actually really, really intelligent. He's very aware Mm -hmm. of what's happening. He's smart. He's smart. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's not just like LeBron. He got yes. some brains in there. So I, I think one of the things that's really important in this episode is that we get more information about Brianna. Um, because she talks about, you know, this the thing that bothers her the most about this is that she made a mistake and she doesn't want that to be her whole life. And so she makes this list for them to that read. That list was, they were like, oh, this is kind of impressive. Like, she's over there like, this is all the bad things I right. did. And they're like, take a look at this. You see, she did, wow, you did that? Okay. Like, That's the thing. <laughs> she's with the right group. This yeah. is the team. They're, they want to hear your mistake and they want to be like, good job. Or just work along with you as you try to redeem yourself yes. every single day and and be better and do better. And also, like, even though we don't get, like, a lot of reasoning or, or, or detail about what she did, um, the one when she tried to shut down the first facial recognition yeah. um, software, and that's how the FBI came to grandmom's house, it tells me that, like, she might have done bad things, but she still seems like she does things for good reason. Right. Which makes her a perfect fit for the team. Absolutely. Um, it's said to her, you know, we don't need you to be hard as in. We need you to be exactly who you are. Mistakes and all. That was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. And, you know, earlier on when she and um, Elliot are talking, he says, like, we are. We would only ask you to do things we knew you could do. We're not asking you to do things we don't think you could do. They're setting you up for success. Yeah, this is not about, like... It's not pass or fail. Right. It's not a pass or fail thing. It's you trying your best and it's a team effort because mm-hmm. obviously Brianna has made some mistakes, especially in the beginning of the season. Um, and the team, you know, helped her and to work on those things. And it's and now that I, I'm really thinking about it, this these last three, two, three episodes, she has really grown. Like her character growth is just like off the charts mm-hmm. like she's not super insecure anymore and then we saw her get really really confident and this is like her one moment of insecurity but I think now after this it's done mm. like she will really believe more in herself I like that yeah I hope that she does she got the skills she does she got the skills. well we will see if that is the case as we continue <laughs> um, but we have more coming up right after this Check out this interview with the one and only Mr. Wilson, a.k.a. Noah Wiley. We are here with the one, the only, the Mr. Noah Wiley. Hello. Welcome to the official Leverage Redemption After Show. So exciting to have you here. Nice to finally be here. Took seven episodes, but thanks for the invitation. (laughs) Um, Yes, we have been dying to talk to you. Uh, Let's jump in with... You know, a lot of the fans know you as Flynn Carson. Um, they might know you from other projects. I want to know a little bit about uh, what drew you to Harry Wilson. Well, I was really drawn towards Dean Devlin. You know, once again, Dean and I have been wonderful creative partners for now 17 years, going back to the first Librarian movie. And in the time that we've known each other, uh, he basically created two TV shows. He created Leverage and he created The Librarians. So it's almost like a guy playing in two different rock bands decided to put the bands together. And uh, it was really seductive to get to go work with people that I know that well and have such history with during such a challenging time. Um, It was almost too good of an opportunity to pass up. So ostensibly, I went down there just to play with my friends. And then I kind of figured out what we were doing. Uh, And Harry was a broadly defined character at the outset because he really wasn't going to be part of the original of the incarnation of the reboot initially. So he was sort of 
tacked on as an afterthought and then very quickly became the catalyst for bringing the, the team back together. So it was incumbent upon me to figure out how to become a, a Swiss army knife, you know, a very utilitarian player. If we need him to be the butt of the joke or if we need him to give the exposition or if we need him to be the a expert or if we need him to be the fish out of water, whatever we need him to be, that's where I went down there to do. That's awesome. I mean, Hey, I was, I want to know too, like, so you're coming back to something and it's like we're in like the age of the reboot. And sometimes people kind of get cautious with the word or to, to participate in those types of projects. Even when they hear about it, they go, I don't know. But I always say like this show literally is a resurgence, not necessarily a reboot. So you don't have to necessarily have watched Leverage. But did you watch Leverage or were you like, let me not watch because I don't want to be like, I'm going to come up with fresh ideas or maybe not like bring something old and something new. Like what was your... What was your audience preference? Were you a fan? Were you a super fan? Well, we were all very collegiate back in, you know, I was working on a show called Falling Skies on TNT when Leverage was on the air. So we were always around each other at the upfronts and part of promotions for the network. I think Dean started doing the show right after we'd finished the first Librarians movie. I went to the set a couple of times and visited, you know, and we all got very friendly. So basically you're coming to something that's already established, great strong fan base uh super well fans did you watch did you watch the original oh you were terrified i think leverage fans are really loving though they're like so loving loyal and very very powerful i mean this show is coming back because of the fan demand and it's a fan base that grew exponentially when it was off the air as opposed to when it was on which uh, i think is extremely impressive um I was a fan of the show. I watched it back when it was on originally. I had two schools of thought about revisiting the show when I started up again. I wanted to watch it more as a director uh, than as an actor because I wanted to make sure I understood stylistically and the pace and the tone for when I was going to come up to bat. Um, I liked being the fish out of water character, so I didn't want to have too much familiarity with the characters or know too much about their backstories. But then when I directed, I really, really wanted to know all that stuff. So I kind of split my head in two on that one yeah that makes sense because brianna i feel like she's heard all these stories so she would have had you know at least watching the show makes sense but harry doesn't know this team so it makes sense to come in blind more fun to have to feel them all out and get to play those moment to moment interactions of you know can i trust you i can't trust you but i can trust you you know all that fun stuff or can I trust myself? It's like Harry a lot of times is like, can I do this? Wait, they believe in me? It's 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 shock to him sometimes. As you said, you know, Harry's gotten to feel out the team and, and he's unsure of himself. Uh, we have in episode seven, the double-edged sword job. He gets to do some physical stuff with the choking out of the guy. Um, how did you feel about doing that kind of physicality? Well, I like that stuff, you know, in normal times, but, you know, we're shooting during a pandemic, so close touching is sort of like nerve-wracking in and of itself. Uh, and that guy was so big. He was so big. <laughs> and I and he was a stuntman, you know, and I got on his back and I'm doing this, and then we go to the ground, and he finally gets off of me, and he gets up, and my shirt is soaking wet, and I realize it's his sweat, and... So we have to go take me off to the side and dry me off with hair dryers, you know, and then we got to go and do it again and again. So when I watched that scene, all I could think of was the shower I took that night may have been the greatest shower I've ever had in my life. <laughs> wow. 
that's actually like my favorite scene of that out that episode like I rewatched it again before our interview and I was cracking up because I'm like I know it's very serious but I can't imagine on set that I mean everyone had to be laughing because the set just always seems so like jovial and all the great stories we hear about how funny um how much fun you guys have there so I was like oh they're probably cracking up because that's funny yeah we had a I think that was Jonathan Frakes directing wasn't it was mm-hmm. John well, Jonathan is original DNA to the original leverage and certainly DNA to all the librarian stuff. So we couldn't have more of a shorthand with each other. I think you really enjoyed watching me go through that. <laughs> I did too. So sorry, no, but it was great. Well, sometimes the more uncomfortable you are, the better it plays. It's one of those weird algorithms, you know. It's comedy hurts. <laughs> well, really, it's a moment in in learning and Noah really being a part of the team. Because then we see a little bit Elliot a little bit later, like, "Hey, bro, you, you're doing it wrong. You got to hold this one." I, I was like, "Oh, hold that that one." Okay, t- taking a mental note. So it was it was cool that you know we saw that little comedy in there. But hey, you need to learn this because you're probably going to choke some out again. You know, it's hard when you show these shows sometimes in different order than you shoot them to keep that connective tissue. But one of the things we really wanted to focus on was to have at least one moment per character with Harry where some bit of wisdom gets imparted and you can track that wisdom kind of in an arc over the course of the season. You know, whether it was Parker teaching him how to crack a safe or Ellie teaching him how to crack a skull or, you know, Sophie teaching him how to crack a con. You know, these were the things that make a character like that so fun is that everybody gets to take him under their wing at one point or another and he gets to get better at in a limited way each of these skills they never thought he'd have in his life and now even more from our amazing interview with beth rescrath aka parker i do want to know like your first initial thought when you heard that oh wow i could step into you know some some event again as parker Everybody's been asking for this to come back the day it was canceled, right? So it was yeah. just like, oh, and then we won a People's Choice Award. We that means surely you're coming back, and someone else is going to scoop this up, right? Right, right, right. So all the ups and downs. Maybe a movie. Maybe this version of that show. There was even a version tossed out to me with Dean, um, by Dean Parker in Europe, running around with new groups of thieves and running and doing things. What do we like? There's been a lot of ideas. All, they, I think they knew that I would come back in a heartbeat. So. Because I said, I was like, yeah. Yeah, of course, if it happens, I would love to. But it was a trip to actually get the call. That it's actually not like yeah. a, not like I'm manifesting this. Yeah. Not like I, you know, I'm hoping for my yeah. fingers across. But like, yeah. no, this is actually <laughs> happening. Like, yeah. It's going to happen. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And the fans <laughs> just kept growing. And the audience has just kept growing and growing and growing. And you're like, what is happening? This is incredible. Like more people are reaching out from every corner of the world, you know, talking about how they're being impacted by a character's quirk and eccentricity and uh, the family unit and how they can watch it with their little kids to their grandparents. And you're hearing this, and you're like, man, the show really held up, you know? So I even went back and watched it through quarantine. I was like, oh, the show is, um, it really does make you feel good. It makes you laugh. You love these people. Like, I, so I really do see this show as, I'm like, I want to watch more of the show. And I, I have a hard time sometimes watching my performance because it can be uncomfortable, right? It's not yeah. like I love watching myself or anything. <laughs> but I love these characters. And so it's so fun. And last night my son watched it with me and we were we finished and he was like, I'm hooked. I want more. Like, I want to watch more. And I was like, you do? And he's like, yeah, this is so much fun. And so I thought, oh, if I could do that 
as a job forever, I would be so happy, you know, bringing joy into people's lives and Mm -hmm. making them feel better right now. Are you kidding? It's exactly what we need to be doing. So as an artist, to have that opportunity to do it in a way that communicates to all ages, all places. The overall message of the show, which, you you know, which you guys, everyone wants the world to be fair. We all want leverage we mm-hmm. all we all ideally want that but we don't get it in our everyday lives right. yeah. and you get all of that in mm-hmm. this show you're going to get comedy you're going to get family and you're going to see you know the bad guy suffer or, or at least the good good people get the things that they deserve yeah you know yeah and there is something nice knowing that ahead of time when there's enough stuff going on to where you don't know and all this uncertainty and disconnect that's been happening it's nice to know you can count on something that brings people together makes you feel good at the end of the hour and you know i i think it's important yeah absolutely um i know that you get to direct yeah um and you've directed your friends yeah what is it like (laughs) directing your friends oh my gosh it's the best it's so fun it's so fun because we have a shorthand we know each other so I don't need to guess you know how to give someone a note in a way that they'll receive it the best or you know um I I, when do they want to know like as an actor I think I understand um when someone's struggling but maybe not communicating it or when they want a note when they don't want to know all the things that you might kind of go into a show with people you don't know and think you have to work out a little bit ahead of time you know I I think it's like the greatest case scenario to go into an environment where some of the crew members I've known for 15 years or more now yeah uh, more than that I've known them since the first time around and so you know our camera department and our DP Dave Connell um, Gary Camp our a camera operator you know, you're living with these guys, designing your shots and going and doing everything. And uh, to know that they know me as a photographer, I always had my camera around my neck, you know, uh, in the first go around with leverage. So there was no question of like, can this person do it? Are they going to do okay? What are they going to be like on the show? Will they get the tone? Maybe some of the stuff you might run into. I had full support and there was no questions. It was like, how can we help? And everybody had that attitude from, you know, crew to actors to everybody. And I just love that. We have that camaraderie and, you know, you have your conversation like, Hey, that I don't, you know, I'm not afraid. If you need anything, you tell me I'm still like part of all of this. That seems like, it's refreshing because mm-hmm. you don't have to. No, I'm serious because a lot of times, yeah. like, let's be transparent again. Mm-hmm. When you're a when you're a woman and you're in a position of power, you're like, okay, how am I going to say this where they're not going to yeah. say I'm mm-hmm. a, a witch with a B? And even though I shouldn't be considered that, I'm just doing my job and I'm being directive and assertive. But you do kind of have to think about how you're going to move and maneuver with people and what motivates certain people to work better and the fact that you don't have to is like whoo I can just focus on the work absolutely and you understand it like I know how hard we get pushed you know and we have to get pushed really hard from the minute we get to base camp have to get through the works which is hair and makeup and get dressed and get to set for rehearsal because you have an entire crew waiting they're ready and you have a long day and you've got a lot of page count to get through and so sometimes you have to go under a lot of pressure and you're also trying to stay in a zone of fun and creativity and you gotta you stay there otherwise you can't improvise if you feel like oh right so I know how important it is to take care of your artists and then also 
go to them when you know the day is going to be an absolute bear and say, today is going to be hard. Mm-hmm. You're going to get, we're going to ride you. We're going to push you hard to get like, is, is she ready yet? Are you ready? Knocking. Da-da-da. Can you please stay on set and not go back to the trailer? Cause it's going to be so fast when we need you in five minutes. Like, and that stuff I know is so hard as an actor to hear. But when you, when you're rooting for your friend and they're straight up about it ahead of time, then there's no surprises. And I know actors do really well with that. At least the ones I know and work with, like if you can predict that the day is going to be super tough, it's like, okay, well let's prepare for that. And how can we best help each other with it? And I felt completely supported with my, you know, by my cast and, um, friends through that whole thing that's amazing yeah was there anything that you learned while you were directing that you learned as an actor and you were like oh now i understand this thing (laughs) that directors do I guess one of the biggest things is uh, so you get a certain amount of days to prep your episode as a director and I'm filming the episode before right so those full 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 time hours that you would be prepping I'm on set um, and on my breaks, enduring touch-ups, when my makeup and hair girls want to like get over here, I'm <laughs> on my phone trying to you know approve a costume or an email or yeah, I like those lights or I like uh, that location or whatever. Um, it, I found that you know there's endless decisions up until you get to set, and then all of it has to like just go away and then you have to be willing to throw it all out the window and pivot however it's necessary right and but there was a lot of oh right so when I get to set um I know they've got a plan always but when you do call for the spaghetti or you do call (laughs) for a chair that they didn't anticipate you're going to sit in and now they have to light a whole other side of the room Mm. it's, it's sometimes it's just not possible because you don't have 45 minutes to do a relight and you, I want to make a cross there. Okay, well, that means we have to cover that angle now, and we didn't anticipate that, so that might take too much time. So you try to, like, give and take as much as you can, but I think I'm. it did reinforce. It's not that I wasn't aware of that. I was, and I always try to be a team player, but there is something that got reinforced in terms of just keep in mind, like, is that choice going to help everybody? Like, is it going to be a team player decision or is it self-serving in any way? Or like, how can I achieve that without deterring the whole game plan, basically? In just a bit, we have more from our chat with Dean Devlin. But first, it's time for bingo. Uh, For those who are playing along with us, you can get a blank bingo card on our Twitter at After Leverage. And of course, thank you to at LeverageOT3 for inspiring us to play bingo this season. Um, Here are the things that we found in this episode. Uh, Harry is confused. Um, He realizes that Hardison actually moved a satellite. Um, And Brianna asks him, or when Brianna asks what just happened, because uh, Parker and Elliot are going to search for the high-end security team, Harry says uh, he stopped asking that a while ago. So I think that's him, like, accepting his confusion. Um, Parker walks through how to pick a or is going to walk him through how to pick a lock, so I'm going to count that as her picking a lock, because she instead talks him through overloading the door to let Brianna out. Um, we do have a nerd reference. Uh, the mini drone that Brianna flies is named Frodo. Uh, in emotions, we have Brianna talking about how people won't be able to escape their mistake. Um, and because of him, people will live the worst. Uh, pe- people will always be the people they were on the worst day. And Elliot tells her that they wouldn't ask her to do anything if they didn't know or if they didn't think that she could. Uh, Sophie encourages Elliot and 
Marshall Maria Ship. She says, my whole life changed when the right person arrested me. So that's the emotions. Um, and Brianna and Sophie do the gloat at the end of this episode uh, when they go to the house to talk to Joseph Chang. So those are the bingo pieces that I saw. I'm going to also say some things we should add to the bingo board probably um, is when our Marshall friend says something about it being very distinctive. Um, also, I think tasers and Elliot hair flips might need to be added to the bingo board as well as the food truck. I think we should add the food truck. So let us know what's on your bingo board uh, at After Leverage on Twitter and Instagram. And now let's check out more from our chat with the one, the only, Mr. Dean Devlin. This show, as you know, we love this show. It's it's perfect the way that it is. And we cannot wait for so much more. Um, but we do have a game we want to play with Uh-oh. you. Okay. So, are you ready? Sure. Oh, no, this is... So, we all graduated from high school. Probably a long time ago, y'all. Don't judge. Um, but, you know, there are su- su- certain superlatives. Those S's. Certain superlatives, and so we want to know what superlatives you would give uh, our team. So we're going to go back and forth, and then you tell us who you think it is. So I want to know who do you think character, not character, right. not person, right. not personality, definitely character. Okay, <laughs> uh, most likely to hijack a plane. Well, we saw Elliot hijack a plane, but he was being DB Cooper, right? And we saw Hardison uh, hijack a plane through the computer. But I think as a character on their own, I think it would actually Brianna. I think she would really? be, I think she would actually have the moxie to say, no, this plane needs to go where I want it to go. <laughs> that's the that's the uh, benefit of youth sometimes. You're like, yeah. okay, I'm just gonna go with it. Um, who is the class clown? Well, I think that's gotta be Hardison. Um, most likely to eat your lunch. Oh. That's definitely Parker, <laughs> especially if your lunch is cereal. <laughs> That's true. You know, over the course of the original show, she she got less weird in a way, you know, and kind of found herself. And we talked about, well, where would she be today? Would she be, would all the quirkiness be gone? And then the more we talked about it, she, we said, no, it went away because she was embarrassed about the quirkiness and she wanted to show that she can be normal. Now she's so comfortable with herself. She's embracing the weird. Now it's now she has no shame of the weird. If you don't like the weird, you could jump off a cliff. So in a weird way, we thought she's crazier now than she was before because now she embraces it. She 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 likes it. Um, I think I know the answer to this, but who has the best hair? Who's the best hair? Well, the fans would say it's Christian Cage's <laughs> character. Um, although there are some fans who would disagree. Um, uh, best hair. I, I would actually go with Sophie. Oh, okay. Um, biggest flirt. Biggest flirt. Also Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> she does Southern Belle, so she just does. <laughs> I love that. Um, most changed since freshman year. I, definitely uh, uh, Parker, because okay. I think she was the most damaged. Okay, uh, most likely to survive a zombie apocalypse. Oh, uh, Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Elliot will El- Elliot would survive nuclear war. There's no killing Elliot. It's like Elliot and roaches. They'll survive anything. <laughs> anything. Um, best shoulder to cry on. Well, I I think that would actually be Harry Wilson. Oh. I think Harry sees all of them without any baggage, so he doesn't have all the history. 
They don't have to live up to who they were. He sees them for who they are today, and he wants to know them. So I think it would be actually be Harry is the one that you would go to. That's beautiful. Okay, and last one. The best person to be stranded on a desert island with. Hmm, that's a tough call. It's probably Brianna because she could find a way to get you off the island. She's like, oh, there's a satellite. There's a satellite right there, right there. <laughs> but it could also be Elliot because he could actually make you food. <laughs> so, right. Oh, yeah, because at least you'll eat. Yeah, and, and it'll, it'll be good. <laughs> you won't... I think he could also build you a shelter. Probably. And if there's any, like, animals or anything going on, he could, like, attack, like, get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Happy thank to play. For answering the most important questions. <laughs> the, the leverage redemption superlatives. Well, y'all, we know that without the amazing fans of Leverage at Leverage, redemption would not be happening. You guys are so supportive and you're super talented, too. So check out some of fan art that we have for you this week. If you would like to submit your fan art, you can DM us at After Leverage or at Yell Teagle or at It's Felicia Michelle on Instagram. Look for us, find us, send it. We want to see it. The official Leverage Redemption After Show is part of the Electric Surge Network on Electric Now. We recommend checking out some of our other original content like Inglorious Trexperts, The 430 Movie, and Best Movies Never Made. Finally, a very special thank you to Bill Ritter, Patrick Meany, and everyone at Electric Surge Network, our producers, Natalie Michelli, and of course, Dean Devlin, without whom this show would not be possible. Thank you again to our incredible guests this week. Thank you to Harry Wilson. <laughs> Noah Wiley for joining us. We love chatting with you. Thank you to everyone else. Uh, we will be back with more fan art, more games, more next week for the final episode of this half season. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We also will be chatting with Gina Bellman. So join us then. Until next time, I'm Yale Teagle. And I'm Felicia Michelle. And this has been a, a very, very distinctive, distinctive podcast. podcast. 